from Minnesota. Sure am. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So Thank you. Um, please tell our listeners about yourself, where you teach, who you are, what sure. brings you to this conference. All right. Well, I have been teaching seventh grade for 15 years. Awesome. Had to think about that for a while. And science the entire time. And I have just really enjoyed my my work with middle schoolers. I always thought I was going to be a high school teacher. Mm-hmm. And then I student taught the middle level and thought they are way more fun and way more goofy. Yes. And this is where I needed to be. Yeah. So I changed my plans and to, I really think I'll be a lifer, a Good. middle school lifer. Good. Yeah. I, yeah. When I was in the classroom, I taught seventh grade. Did you? Awesome. Oh, it's the best yes. year. They're, one, they're, they're yeah, wonderful. Yeah. Well, and and crazy and, and sometimes well, not yeah. wonderful but yeah it's it's a total it's a it's kind of a love hate but it's um yeah they're I love how you know they really they really still need you yeah but they don't always want to show you that oh yeah so it's just yeah. it's they're, they're great it's a re- middle school is a really wonderful age group so can you talk mm-hmm. to us a little, little bit about we know that your school um, is taking some brave leaps into personalized yeah. learning thank you yeah, yeah how's that going for you for me personally it has really given me an excitement and a fire for what I do every day. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, around year 10 of teaching for me, yeah. um, I, I felt, I wouldn't say totally in a rut, but kind of, just sure. kind of felt like saw the rest of my career out ahead of me, like, oh, wow, this is it. Like, this mm-hmm. is how it's going to be for the next, <laughs> I don't know, 30 mm-hmm. years. And then started learning a bit about personalized learning through working with our coaches and our administrators. And I remember reaching out to our personalized learning coach after some little PD session she did, and I wanted to learn more. And I remember giving up a lunch period and sitting with her and learning more about the ideas. And then I started implementing just really small things in my classroom, just offering different pathways and choices and trying to do some reflection for kids. But I think my biggest, um, my biggest thing that I'm into now is allowing for flexible pacing with my students. Okay. And that's what I've, I guess, I don't want to say been known for at my school, but, right. but kind of. It's what people come to me and ask about what kind of frameworks do you use to allow right. kids to pace quicker. I only teach general seventh grade. Okay. Science, we don't have an enriched level. Right. So I've had kids that are reading at a second grade level up to kids that are doing college level math, right. like all in one space. Yeah. And it's been like that for 15 years. and. I would say about 10 years ago, I really noticed a need that I needed to be providing more for those kids that could be going quicker. And so I found by talking with Trisha and Kayla, the personalized learning coaches, that I was already kind of doing personalized learning without really knowing it. Because I was giving kids opportunities to do different things that were meeting their needs, in particular going faster. But I didn't always have, I didn't have the language. I didn't have a lot of the structures in place. And so now they helped me formalize what I'm doing. So what do you think has been the most useful structural change that you have made in your classroom? I would say offering choice around engagement of the, of the materials and the learning. Okay. Getting kids to reflect on what style they like the best as yeah. far as receiving content in a variety of forms, whether they want to work with me directly, whether they would rather work with a peer or do something, maybe a manipulative or something along those lines. And so giving students those choices, I think that has been the biggest 
framework change for me in the classroom. How do you, how do, you do that? Is it like just do you write a list on the board? Is it like talk through how you do that? I well, I'm a big list person, so there's definitely lists <laughs> happening in my room. But yeah. um, but you have to talk about it with the kids. You right. have to explain what the choices are. But not only just knowing what the choices are, but saying okay, you know maybe uh, a learner that if you like to learn in this way or you're more systematic or you're you know you like to draw or you like to do this or that you might choose this right and and kind of getting them to imagine themselves doing different things but we also make sure we practice all things at different times uh-huh. because we I talk about that with kids we all have to grow you can't always do what you're super comfortable with right. or about what you like all the time we have to do a variety of things and so we, um, I promote that. There's some days where I'm saying, well, these, this is the one option. This is how it is today. Yeah. And we're all going to practice this one skill or this one mode of learning. Right. But then you'll get to see it as an option later. So how are the kids responding to this change from the way you did your, your first mm-hmm. 10 years to this offering choice? How, do, do they like it more? Do, do you see different yeah. kids from before to now? I think kids are pretty... I, would, I don't know if honored's the right word, but that they, they feel kind of adult-like. They feel important and, and seen and heard. And, wow, you think I can actually make these choices for myself? You know, I think kids are pretty excited that teachers feel and I feel that they are responsible enough to make choices for themselves. It doesn't always happen, as we know, how sure. middle schoolers. But the fact that we give them that option again and we keep practicing and so I would say most I would say kids see it as I'm we're valuing them as a person and not just this little I don't know if I want to say cog or a but just a thing that comes in my room and out my door right and like that I'm doing stuff to them throughout the lesson they're having a lot of choice and they get to tell me too what they like and what they don't like and you know I'll, I'll ask questions about you know, what kind of flex offerings should Mrs. Weiland be offering to you to help you learn this? Right. And we have this, you know, flex time throughout our day. You know, what, what do I need to do to help you learn? So I, I'm asking a lot more questions of what can I be doing for them. So what, as you know now, that mm-hmm. our, our tagline, right, we talk through the do-do's and don'ts yeah. of personalized learning, <laughs> yes. which is clearly, I'm a middle schooler at heart still. Uh, yes. But, um, what would you say is the biggest do-do for personalizing learning? I would say the biggest do-do would be you have to just try something and be be gracious and, and forgiving in your mistakes. Um, our administration and our building is amazing, and they always say it's okay to be where you are, but you just you can't stay there. You got to move forward, and so I think you just got to try something small. But not be too hard on yourself if it doesn't go well. You know, just, but you got to reflect then, too, as to what, what do I need to change. And just know that you're, if you're trying to change your practice, you're, you're doing the right thing for kids. You're, you're on your way. So just got to get started. Janelle, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, thank you you're so welcome. much. Your learners are very lucky to Oh, thank you. Yeah.